Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> is up good evening sec after dark got a great show lined up for you the coaching carousel is in full full swing uh we got some some small scrimmage called the sec championship game uh that you guys may have uh yeah you know whatever right um well we are we are sec after dark we are on the y'all's conference network it's 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 taken me a little bit to, to get used to saying that but it is such a good sounding network uh it's ever it's ever growing. It's a, uh, it's great. But joining me to deliver this show is Stephen Willis and Jake Thomas. Jeb got so excited that Josh Heupel is going to stay at Tennessee that he just couldn't contain his dinner. Um, in all seriousness, get well soon, Jeb. Uh, I think he has food poisoning, but uh, that's neither here nor there. We wish you the best, Jeb. Wish you a speedy recovery. But the three of us, it's going to be a three man weave tonight. So, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, oh, Matthew Perkins. Look at that. Welcome. Yeah. Wow. Matthew Perkins of Believe in Vandy and Believe in Badgers. You should check out his shows, too. And, and we got a Facebook user saying Roll Tide, whoever that might be. Is I guess it's a surprise. Roll Tide. Roll Roll Tide. Yeah. So um, RTR. A little Roll damn pie. RT- oh. RDR. I hate to do this. I, I have to do this, Paul. People are going to be pissed at me. The roll damn tide. Um, Georgia ain't played nobody, Paul. I'll hang up and listen. First time, long time, Paul. Um, a little note about Matthew Perkins. He is uh, – him and him and uh, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein, are interviewing Chris Chambers on the Believe in Badgers podcast. Chris Chambers, formerly of the Miami Dolphins and a Badger, Badger great. So they're doing big things over there at Believe in Badgers. So check that out after you check this out. I think that drops tomorrow anyway, so I don't think you can check it out anyway. So, anyway, uh, coaching carousel, right? Um, mm-hmm. We last left off Monday. We talked about some of the ones that happened o- that transpired over the weekend. Um, we'll start with the most recent one uh, that happened within this league. That would be Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly coming to LSU. I'll be honest with you. That was the um, – that was the one that came way out of left field for me. Didn't think, didn't think he'd ever leave Notre Dame. Um, thought he had them. He actually has them in really good shape, knowing their limitations. But again, this one caught me by surprise because culturally, it's not a great fit. Coaching wise, other than Catholics everywhere, it is. <laughs> other than Catholics everywhere, um, this guy is is this guy is going to probably spend too much trying to figure out what everybody's saying around him. Uh-huh. trying to translate uh, Raging Cajun. So um, 
I mean, I, this I just, man is going from touchdown Jesus to neck. Talk about culture shock. So, <laughs> um, how, how do we rate this higher? I mean, football acumen wise, it's a great hire mm-hmm. for what he's done at Notre Dame with uh, not significantly less talent, but like when you look at rosters like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, even USC, the Georgias of the world, the, the people on their schedule. Most of their most of their opponents have better rosters because they don't have the limitations of recruiting, and has been able to maintain a top ten team year in and year out, making a uh, making two playoff appearances and a, uh, a national championship appearance. So, I like the hire in that regard. I worry about the culture fit, and I worry that he's a little bit of a rolling stone when it comes to staying at different jobs. I think he's. I think he's a good fit personally. I think he's going to win football games because he's went. He wins football games everywhere. Now, one thing right before we came on the air, it was like Tommy Reese is staying at Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman is getting hired as the head coach. So he's losing both of his coordinators. So what will LSU look like next year without those guys coming to town? And also, who would have thought that Marcus Freeman as Luke Fickle's defensive coordinator would get the Notre Dame job before Luke Fickle? Uh, that that's kind of bizarre to me. Maybe there's some things behind the scenes where Luke Fickle didn't really want to leave Cincinnati. Again, he's a Cincinnati native, so maybe he wants to stay. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he was asking too much money. Maybe Marcus Freeman is better coached than Luke Fickle. Maybe he thinks Ryan Day is going to go to the Bears after this maybe season. So. And Ohio State's going to come open. Poor Justin Fields. Wait, no, that'd be a good thing for Justin Fields. Um, yeah, be. make that happen. Um, yeah, so yeah, Mark Marcus Freeman. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's going to do really, really well. He's going to recruit really well there. He's got a lot of energy, young guy. Um, really, kind of like what he's doing and the the defenses and things that he brings um, to the table and the the acumen that he that he brings. I mean, he's he's a good coach and he deserves it. It's well deserved, but. Um, going back to our comment section, uh, check out Believe in Vandy, where Ryan Seymour, former offensive lineman, NFL offensive lineman, and I go off on the mediocrity that is the Commodores. So <laughs> if you really are a true Commodore fan, you re- that's that's or a fa- or just a fan of Matthew Perkins, you have now, to uh, now is that mediocrity like compared for like Vanderbilt mediocrity? What would be mediocre for them? Because if it's talking about normal mediocrity, um, Vandy passed that long ago. They'd love to get to mediocrity. Yeah, yeah, that is that's true. Because right now they're downright pitiful. But yeah, um, also sorry, Matthew. The only job he leaves. (laughs) Hey, he's he's a badger at heart, so he doesn't really care. So (laughs) he said we would kill for five and seven. Fickle, yeah, I think Fickle is OSU or he's not going anywhere. Because, I mean, let's face it, Cincinnati's going to the Big 12. So, um, yeah, that's that's what that's what it is. So, he's going to be a Power 5 coach in a really good situation. Um, so, he's going to hold out until Ryan Day because Ryan Day is probably not going to stay forever. He's going to test the waters in the NFL. So, that's what he's banking on, at least, I guess. Mm. So, uh, Detroit uh, Lions will come open this year, <laughs> you know. So I don't, nobody I don't know. wants that job, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, th- I, I do. I do one. think. I think there's a shot he could get the Bears job. Yeah, I do too. Nagy's pretty well toast in Chicago. 
Yeah, and and he has that connection with with Justin Fields. That's his best chance. Mm. Yep. So, which would actually probably be a good fit as far as quarterback head coach. Now, again, the whole college to to pro thing is is a different animal because the way you coach a college kid and the way you coach coach a professional are light years apart. It is. So I was about um, to make a yeah, Brian Ohio Kelly. State joke, but okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, you're full of jokes, man. Let's hear it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Get my French's mustard and a golf ball, and we go to nailing and just party. There you go. Get some Titleist and throw mm-hmm. some mustard. Yeah. So Brian right. Kelly. So all in all, Brian Kelly will do fine. Not sure he'll ever do great, but. Again, that's got a lot of that's going to be because Ole Miss is going to be hell to deal with. Arkansas is going to be hell to deal with. Alabama is going to be hell to deal with. Auburn eventually will be hell to deal with. Um, A&M. A&M. You know, the the West is the West ain't going anywhere. Even Mississippi State. Yeah. You know, the West ain't going anywhere. So, um, Texas A&M paid their coach a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollar contract to finish fifth in the West. Yes. <laughs> just let that sink in for a second. Hold on. Just, just, just pause. Take a yeah. moment of silence. Let that marinate. He does have a win against Alabama, though. So that's what probably what got him that contract. And a loss against Coach O. Actually, yeah. several losses against Coach O. Yeah, that's Coach incredible. Owned, owned A&M. Mm-hmm. So he's got to find his next Kellen Mond is, is really what's going to happen. Um or Jameis Winston just comes back for one more year somehow, um, and and takes him to the promised land. I don't know, but they got they got to they got to cure some quarterback issues, and they'll be fine. Uh, they're recruiting still really really well, so it's obviously not affecting them too much. But um, maybe maybe Brian Kelly can hire Ed Orgeron just to be his translator. You know, that's not a bad idea. The problem is. Why would any head coach hire Ed Orgeron because he does his best work as the interim? Yeah, that's true. And is there a better fit out there than Coach Orgeron going to Louisiana Lafayette? He's a literal oh, raging Cajun. I mean, we, we said on, on Illegal Motion, uh, we did a whole uh, Coach's Carousel episode that, that's out today, that dropped today, uh, where we, 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 we literally went job by job. And discussed it, right? We graded it, everything, you know, the whole nine yards. So we talked about, um, we talked about that, like how how the university could save money by hiring Ed Orgeron because now they don't have to pay a mascot. It's just just their head coach. <laughs> so like, that's one less person you have to employ, and you, that and that's probably that's probably thirty thousand dollars that goes right back into the budget, which it it. At Lafayette, in Lafayette, that probably goes a long way. <clears throat> probably also, buy a couple helmets these days. Also, if you want to look at Oklahoma, even changing gears, I mean, Big 12 after dark, SEC after dark, however you want to put a hyphen in there if you want to. But, We're going all um, over the map right now. Yeah. The two coaches that are leading for that job, people think, are Brent Venables and Dan Lanning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think – I mean, obviously, I'm a Georgia guy. Mm-hmm. Um so this is going to come off as, oh, well, you're just saying that because he's at Georgia. No, I'm not. Um, you know, I, I think Brent Venables, what he has going for him is uh, is the fact that he's been in Norman before, so they're familiar with him. I just don't think he's a head coach type. 
and he's making two point two point three million dollars. Why would he leave that? Yeah. I think Dan Lanning, personality wise, has the personality very similar to Kirby. Actually, has the personality to be a head coach. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a great recruiter. He's going to be great in front of the media. He's going to be great talking to boosters. Just got a lot of energy, um, and it's and it's genuine. So, I, I think. If it's not Oklahoma, he'll be a good fit somewhere. But if he gets that chance to go to Oklahoma as a head coach, I think they ought to get him because I think long-term he will do a lot better than Brent Venables. But Brent Venables is in his 50s. He is is right there on the edge of just being a career assistant, and that's okay. That's okay. I mean, he's he's a great coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a great coordinator. Mm-hmm. Much better than John Chavis will ever be and has ever been. Um, and, and so I have a, a immense respect for Brent Venables. I just don't think he'd be a good fit as, as a head coach, much like Bud Foster. Like it just wouldn't work out because he just doesn't have that personality. He doesn't hey, have that drive. Call. There it is. Yep. <laughs> Bud Foster. Yeah, look at there. Yep. Look at there. Big Chuck SEC Amato. after dark. Yeah. Although he um, tried he, to be a head coach. And it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> it did not work. He was like the assistant DC under uh, under Mickey Andrews at Florida State. So, mm. uh, Will Muschamp would be a good fit for Oklahoma. Nope. No. <laughs> He's a career assistant too. He's tried um, twice. It's, it, the question on there is where do you think Spencer Rattler will go? SEC? No, I think he's going to the Pac-12. I think he's going to Arizona State. Oh, Arizona State, yeah. or, or I've heard Texas too. I don't think an Oklahoma quarterback, unless they're that petty, is going to go to Texas. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know Spencer Rattler? Yeah. <laughs> he is I mean, that petty. Yeah. But yeah he, he either, either way, whoever he signs with, this signing will be a double bird to either the NCAA or Oklahoma. That's what this signing will be. And and he prefers both, probably. Yeah. And, 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 Sark, and Sark probably thinks he can turn him into Tua. Who, by the way, has been the best quarterback in the NFL for the last month? No big deal. No big deal. The, you're, you're Dolphins, apparently. You're, you're no longer a Saints fan, Steve. No, I'm always a Saints fan. I've been hoping for a year that the pressure that Tua wasn't very good was going to make them get rid of him so they could fall to Sean Payton and Tua would become a Drew Brees 2.0 because that's what he is. Uh-huh. Yeah. That would be nasty if he went to, mm. if he went there. Um, I, the the guy the, the Facebook user brought up Spencer Rattler, but my question is, where is Caleb Williams going to go? Is he going to follow Lincoln Riley out to USC, or is he going to stay at Oklahoma? I'm thinking he's going to go to USC. I think he goes to USC. Yeah. It depends on NIL. Yeah, he's going to go he's where going, the deal is. If he goes, he's going to USC. Yeah, what they're doing to Oklahoma and USC, this has been the most vindictive, petty thing I've ever seen. Recruiting is what it is and however you take it. But this feels personal and intentional. And these all these players transferring away, it reminds me of Ole Miss when they went on probation in 2017. And Jim Harbaugh was camped out at the IHOP to get Shea Patterson. And things like that. That that's what it feels like. Although that Oklahoma's done nothing wrong, but the rumor is that Lincoln Riley was against the SEC move, uh-huh. and he was looking to get out because of the SEC move. And when he did, he just decided to build his own program 
in his own image that he did in Oklahoma at USC. And the easiest way to do that is with Oklahoma's players. It, it, it's bizarre. The good news is Oklahoma's going to get to sign 32 this year. That, yeah, that's about the only good news. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. And and whoever whoever is head coach is going to be the beneficiary of that. Um, then he doesn't have to worry about uh, Mark Stoops. He signed an extension today uh, with Kentucky, got himself a raise. I think he just wants to be there, and that's good for them. That's, um, that's very good for them. Yeah, the very rumor good. is Lane, Lane Kiffin has about a $9 million extension just waiting to be signed. That will probably go public in the next yeah. week or so. And then Kirby, I'm sure he's making mm. only seven and a half, so I'm sure he'll get that bump. Uh, yeah, I but, saw the thing about free Netflix. All right. Yeah, I mean, that was the <laughs> kicker in the deal, man. Uh-huh. Free Netflix. Um, so, uh, Jake, your 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 uh, Tide Talk partner, uh, Stacy, is talking about Pete Golding to Louisiana. Yes. Are you happy about that for multiple uh, reasons? I mean, Pete, if he wants to be a head coach, that would be a good starting point. He's got a solid foundation uh, mm. because Billy Napier left it in a good, you know, in a good, good really program. Good yeah. So really if he wants an opportunity to see how he can do as a head coach, that would be a perfect spot for him. Because, uh, mm. you know, honestly, I don't think the offensive or defense coordinators for Alabama will be back next year. I think it's already kind of had been really released because Saban don't really try to get rid of anybody during the season. Uh, but just the way the team's played, I think that they're both going to be gone at the end of the year. So they're probably looking elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think Bill O'Brien's got to be gone. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just did not being able to run the ball is, is an abomination. Yeah. Um, that, that should never happen at, at the University of Alabama. Um, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> Pete Golden going there would be good. Uh, you know, Lincoln Riley to USC, I think it's a good fit. Culturally, offensively, thing. I, I mean, I, I think if you're looking for a perfect fit, that is a perfect fit. Lincoln Riley to LSU would, would have just been weird. Uh, but Billy Napier, home run uh, to, to to Gainesville. I think he is. Uh, I think he's going to do really, really well there. Uh, he's a good program builder, great recruiter. Something that they haven't seen in five years. <laughs> so um, I think he'll do really well, and, and he may even convince uh, AR15 to stay. So that'll be that'll be pretty. Nice. Yeah, John, Louisiana Lafayette, welcome to Sunbelt After Dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, so the uh, the Sunbelt title game this week, um, you know, I think – no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Who's even playing in it? <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette and Appalachian State. I don't know why yeah. I know that. I just do. It's on Bet oh. Online. It's, it's, a, it's a line. So I took a uh, – I took a – Speaking of bet online, I took a uh, twelve game parlay for ten dollars. I'm going to win twenty five hundred if I get it. If I hit it, it's all the FBS games that, okay. that had a money line. I just I just went down the line. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get bold here and pick uh, pick all money lines so I don't have to worry about spreads. Drop ten dollars on it. Let's see where we go. Um. Any other any other coaching news that surprised you? Any other uh, any other things that we're hearing about some of the openings? Um, There's a rumor that Miami still could come open. Um, too, it just it, it has they, to. but but it's all about them hiring their AD and let him proceed. But I think Miami is going to try to get Mario Cristobal. That'd be stupid and, if you left and. If if he if he can't happen, there's going to be a bunch of turmoil. I think Ken Dorsey is like 
jockeying for the job at the moment. He's doing his own John Forcade stuff. And, and that doesn't make sense to everybody, I know. But John Forcade is a former Ole Miss quarterback. And any time the Ole Miss job got open, he tried to get on staff. And he did unsuccessfully. <laughs> nice. So that's nice. what I mean by hey, that. Cake. That's kind of that's kind of sad, but um, yeah, Ken Dorsey is a legend in the uh, in Miami, so so there's that. But um, our our week has been good. It's been uh, it's been weird getting used to being back at school full time for a full week. Uh, for me, you know, I had that Thanksgiving break where I could just kind of relax and not have to hurry into school and deal with kids yelling at me and cussing at me and all that stuff when I tell them to just follow a simple rule of taking your hood down. So. Um, well, that's going to do it for the coaching carousel for now. Uh, it's an ever-going thing, and things will, things will, uh, we'll probably have this topic for weeks. But um, Jake, let's let's talk about this title game. All right, we we have to first look back uh, a week with the Iron Bowl. Um, what what was the good, the bad, and the ugly, and and how's that going to affect this week's matchup? The good was the defense. Uh, defense line played its best game of the year. Um, you know, Phil Dillinger Mathis has has pretty much uh, owned the, the defensive line, but we had some other guys like Byron Young step up and have a really good game. Uh, uh, of course, Will Anderson continues to be a, a beast. I don't know how, you know, anybody's going to be able to stop him. Um, and uh, Dallas Turner, opposite of him, has really come on the last couple of games. Uh, secondary looked a little bit better than it has in recent weeks. Um Offensively, that offensive line, we got to get better at it. I mean, it's a, it's a struggle fest right now. Uh, we do have – I mean, there's talented guys there. I just don't know what – if it's coaching, if it's just not, you know, gelling as as a unit. I don't know what it is, but, you know, they, they've been struggling. And now with, you know, Brian Robinson, you know, looking like he might not be 100% if he gets to play at all Saturday, we're down to Trey Sanders mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. only – yeah, as the only, you know, healthy slash – well, he I don't know if he's really healthy, but he's the only scholarship running back we have on the squad if he, you know, comes Saturday potentially. So, you know, there's some struggles there. But I guess one of the positives on, on, the, on the offensive side was that last drive, you know, Bryce was cool, Kami Coletta still. And uh, Ja'Cory Brooks looks like he he finally showed up and uh, might be that third option in that in that receiving core. So there's some positives to take away. There's still a lot of negatives that have got to be rectified before you know Saturday. And you know, of course, we still got Nick Saban, so it's kind of hard to go against him. But Georgia is is looking very dominant, so it's going to be a dogfight. And, uh, man, it's, it's going to be a fun game for sure because I don't think either team's going to blow either one of them out. No. To, to, to think that is just asinine, and, and that would just right. be, you know, a, a homer statement. Like, I, you know, it's, it's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. At, at the end of the day, they're still the number two team in the country. Um, so there's that that you have to contend with. But, you know, I, I, I said this before. Um, you know, I think when you look at this Alabama team and how they match up, I think w- – I think what goes in Georgia's favor and probably the reason why they're favored by six and a half is because the way they match up, the defensive line versus Alabama's offensive line is a big mismatch. And it's not a talent thing. It's just an execution thing. Alabama's offensive line just isn't gelling. They're not coming off the ball. They're not creating run lanes like you're used to seeing with, with Alabama. 
And they just, it, I don't know if it's, you know, scheme wise, uh, play calling, if they're just not, if they're just calling obvious runs and obvious rundowns and vice versa with passing. And there's just some, there's just something that's missing uh, from your offense that, that, you know, if that one thing gets fixed, it's, it could be pretty dangerous. Um, the thing that, the thing that Georgia has to do and has to be able to do to stop this def- to stop this offense and get pressure on Bryce Young and force him into mistakes is they cannot leave holes in the middle of the pocket. If they want to get sacks, if they want to be disruptive to Bryce Young, they have to collapse the pocket from the middle. And they have to they have to create a situation to where he can't really bounce around. Because if he can bounce around and climb in the pocket, it's over. Because um, he could either tuck it and go and, and, and push it for 15, 20, or he can launch it downfield to Mechie or, or Williams and and get a big play there. So I, I just think that when, when you defensively, if they can just kind of keep a muddy pocket for Bryce Young to where he can't really see what's going on, he can't and he can't navigate, they get some shots on him, uh, they get in his face, and maybe they even get a few sacks, and maybe they even cause a couple of interceptions. Because if they can get Alabama to make some big time errors and 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 be not careless, but not you know not protect the ball, this could turn into a game where. You're sitting there, and it's a it's a ten point lead that Alabama just can't catch throughout the course of the game. Um, defensively, uh, for the Tide, uh, as they match up with this Georgia Georgia offense, I, I think that Georgia offense is in a place right now to where they could do a lot of different things. They have the ability. Uh, their intermediate passing game has been pretty good over the last few weeks, and 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 a lot of it's because Stetson Bennett has grown in his pocket awareness and his pocket presence and his movement. Uh, and, and I think he's grown in that regard. And I think he's a little bit more confident and you can see it the way he throws the ball. Do I still think he's the guy? I don't know at this point. It, you know, yes, I hope he is. Um, but you know, it, at some point are we going to need JT who knows at this point, but um, I don't really care who's the quarterback at, at Georgia. I just want them, whoever it is, we have a good game plan for him and, and let's roll um, where I think we can, you know, Alabama secondary has just been touch and go sometimes Jake yeah. uh, to me, when I see him, they, they give up too many big plays uh, for, for my liking for, for what their talent level is. I know they lost a lot, but it just seems scheme wise. They're just something's off. There's, there's way, there's way more busted coverages than I've ever seen in the last five years from Alabama. Yeah, you're right. It's I can't explain it. It's it's and then, you know one that one of the issues that uh, I've had with um, with the secondary the past several years is when they're on man to man coverage, they do not look for the ball in the air. They just look straight at the receiver, and and that's it. And I mean, I, I just don't. I know. I think that's they, that's how they coach them because that's kind of what they do in the NFL. But I mean, if you get your eyes around you and try to find that ball, you can either make a play on it, knock it down, or try to intercept it. They, I just, you know, it's it's kind of funny because look what Trayvon Diggs did in there in the NFL. He's got like eight interceptions this year alone. He only had two in his career at Alabama, and he was like a he's a three or four year starter. So I just don't just don't understand. The secondary has talent, yeah. but they just it, now. Jordan Battle has played a lot better here lately. 
So that's a positive. And and uh, Brian Branch had a really good game the other night. And D'Amico Rhines uh, was like a missile in the Auburn game. So maybe they're getting there, but it's going to be tough against Georgia. My, my, my biggest thing I want to see is how Georgia's, you know, Run the run offense runs against our our rush defense since we're fifth in the nation. They, I know they're going to try to establish the run early. So, are we going to be up for it? Or and if we do stop them, would Georgia rely on Stetson Bennett way too much, and that might cause them to get in a little trouble? You know, I think Georgia's a lot more patient than most teams when it comes to that. Like when you when you go against a a, a run defense like Alabama's, we have guys. We have four guys that we can deploy. Uh, Zamir, jo- uh, James Cook, Kenny McIntosh, and eventually a healthy Kendall Milton. Um, and I think he's I think he's going to get cleared this week. But you have four guys that you can roll in and out, so they can be a little more patient with the run game because it's going to be tough sledding. But yeah. they're they're just going to keep 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 pe- keep pounding, keep pounding, keep pounding, uh, and just keep doing what they do because what what ends up happening is those guys get tired of tackling Zamir. They get tired right. of tackling James Cook because James Cook, believe it or not, is 220 pounds. <laughs> yeah. uh, he doesn't look it, but he's 220 pounds. Uh, they're going to get tired of tackling those guys. And that's kind of how Georgia's run offense wears on you. Like it's it's two yards, it's two yards, it's three yards, it's four yards. And then in the second half, it's two yards, three yards, boom, 20, boom, 16, boom, house. And that's uh-huh. kind of how it goes, um, and that's kind of how you got to be. And a lot of teams aren't that patient, right? So that, that's how I see that going. They're going to keep. They're going to keep doing it. It's going to seem like it's going to seem like insanity, but there is a there is a plan behind that. Mm-hmm. You know what I would do? There is a plan. if I if I am um, Todd Monken calling the offense, or, or not Todd Monken, Bill O'Brien calling the offense for Alabama. I would go as fast as I could tempo from the very beginning. It doesn't matter if you're hitting a sledgehammer against the wall over and over. Eventually, that wall is going to give a little bit. We know how much tempo affects Kirby Smart defenses. It's important with the lack of depth that Alabama has on the offensive line because it's a situation you need to be able to score 21 points in this game. You need your defense to shut Georgia down to – to keep them at 10 or 14, but you probably need 21 points and nobody has done it this season. And I want to see tempo. They probably won't do it. I I think Bill O'Brien will mess up and try and play Georgia straight up. Yeah. They're going to try to play him straight up. And, and it's going to be a situation that Georgia wins this game 24 to 10. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. I think the first one to 21 will win, um, it, you know, with, with these defenses the way they are. So, you know, yeah. I, I'd like to see how they're going to scheme against Will Anderson. I mean, you talk about a nightmare uh, to defend. It's, it's Will Anderson. I mean, outside of Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean, and uh, I think Will Anderson is is part of that trio of, of best players, best defensive players in the country. Throw in Aiden Hutchinson, and you got a pretty good defensive line right there. So, yeah. Uh, and, and linebacking core, front seven people. I think those. I think those are four All Americans right there. But um, I, I really, really, really like the way def- uh, their their defensive front gets after it. Uh, they can make a lot of big plays with sacks and things like that um, early. They can they can kind of disrupt Georgia's flow. I think if if uh, and and that it can make it can be very interesting. So um, 
for anyone to say that they're comfortable with saying this is a win, it's 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 a it's a lie. No. They're lying to you. So you you um, never you never get comfortable against Alabama saying it's a win. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. Nick Saban as the underdog this week, they get to get sky high. They have that Auburn game to look back on. I mean, this is a really dangerous situation for Georgia. And if anybody on the field can affect a quarterback and affect Stetson Bennett, it's Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that if that guy works, Georgia's in a little bit of trouble. And I've been telling y'all for a month, the way you beat Georgia and the only way you beat Georgia is to hold them to 10 points and hope your offense can score 14. And exactly. that's that's probably the game plan. And if you, and if you hold Georgia to ten points, more than likely you're going to get opportunities. And a team like Alabama is not not going to squander those opportunities like Clemson did. Like Clemson had those opportunities. Clemson had it nailed. They held Georgia to ten points. But no offensive touchdowns. No. They couldn't. They couldn't piss a drop, man. Yeah. And, and they and and on the the only drive they really had, I think there's two, you know, pass interference calls on that. And they still only got a field goal out of it, I believe. I think that's when they scored a got a field goal. So, exactly. So, yeah. um, but what, what Alabama's, excuse me, what Alabama's offensive line has to contend with is not only Jordan Davis, but Trayvon Walker as well, uh, Devontae Wyatt, uh, and then Nolan Smith on the edge. You know, those are some guys you also have to contend with in the pass rush. Um, so that's going to be a little tough. That's going to be a little tricky. So, um, Bryce Young has just got to find ways to, to move in the pocket uh, for Alabama. If they can go tempo at all, that might be good. Uh, Georgia the same way. If Georgia goes tempo a little bit, that that might disrupt some things for uh, for 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 Alabama. Mm-hmm. So you, you just gotta, you know, you know they just gotta turn on the, you know, they just gotta watch these films and kind of see the opportunities Auburn had that they squandered. Uh, they got to see some opportunities that LSU had and they squandered, and 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 understand that we're probably we're not probably we are better than those two teams, and and those are opportunities that if we can get those, that can give us the edge in the game. Um, and Alabama's got to prevent that. So, and, and just remember, Alabama's played the number two and the number three defensive lines in the SEC and struggled pretty mightily offensively with both of them. Now they've got the number one defensive line coming into town and a blueprint that those guys established in the blitz game to affect Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. They did it with Hooker. Mm. Uh, Hooker and Bryce Young are very similar style-wise. Mm. Uh, Hooker's a little bit more physically mature. Um, Bryce Young, it, it, he's <laughs> – you get Jordan Davis landed on you, that, that ain't going to be fun. So yeah. they, they just got to affect him. They just got to – you know, they've got to finally find – they've got to find a way to rattle him, mm. get him looking at the rush. Florida did a good job of getting him to look at the rush, and that's kind of how they let let them back in the game. Because Bryce Young was looking at the rush. Auburn did it too, and then they just randomly stopped blitzing him. Yeah, that was that was that was Auburn's biggest downfall. Yeah. If they, mm. if if they if they blitz on that last drive, yeah, it's it's over because it, they it over. they were getting heat and he was looking at it. But once he was able to get comfortable, I guess that I, I was like a fourth and seven. They completed a pass to Billingsley, and that seemed to calm him down a little bit. And then he just started playing football. And, yeah, you could actually see him calm and settle into that game and at, like, 59 minutes into it and just let him down the field. Um, but that offensive line that and defensive line, 
the SEC is always going to be about the trenches. This yeah. game will be no different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and I hope I hope Georgia's offensive line, which struggles at times, does really well at other times, are very, very much of a roller coaster. Um I hope they can hold up. I think Jamari Sawyer is is firmly back in the lineup, so that'll be good for them. Um oh real quick. But- um, yep. Alabama, whenever their backs are against the wall and in a big game like this, they are a physical, physical team. So you'll be able to tell early on with them hitting and them coming off the ball against Georgia's players exactly how locked in this Alabama defense is and whether or not it's going to be a um, problem at all. If that first drive, Georgia goes down and score, it's over. Steve, I got news for you. They're always physical. And Georgia's going to oh, be physical too. I mean, that's just going to oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, it, blue game. Yeah, this the, this game is going to be fantastic. We've all been looking forward to this game all season long. Just this game in particular, and I mean, with everything that happened at Texas A and M and everything that happened against Auburn and even against Arkansas for some extent, that doesn't change the fact that Alabama's a eleven and one team. Going into Georgia, we, no. we all talk about Alabama like they're ten and two or ten and three or nine and three is going on. No, Some people talk about them like they're five and seven. Some yeah. people talk about like they're five and seven. Like yeah. a lot of our fans yeah. talk like they're five and seven. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm I mean, gonna be perfectly gotta, honest. There, there's an Alabama fan base, a segment of it that are just absolutely spoiled. Bad. I, yeah, they could Big not team. survive Ray Perkins. They could not survive no. Bill Curry. Nope. Um, no, and, they would, and they would have lost their minds. Yeah, and uh, Nick Saban's seventy years old. There's going to be a step back whenever he leaves. Yeah, because there's no like major step back. Yeah, there's nobody just to hand there's the no, ball to and keep it going because all these systems are gone. There's this no Nick 2015. Saban. Yeah, Nick Saban is one of a kind. There is although although um, one like him. That video of um, Miss Terry greeting Nick Saban after the Auburn game was really, really cool. To see him light up when he saw his wife, that was that was oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, we, everybody down, you know, that's out, that's true Alabama fans know she runs a program, not Nick. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, I mean, know. those are facts. Those, yeah. those, are, those are facts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you look at every SEC program, uh, the the wife of the head coach is, uh, has run. I know Mary Beth has probably got a big hand in it. Mary Beth yeah. Smart. And, and Miss Terry is not is not you know kind of not uh, Dan Mullen's wife where she kisses on all the players either. So <laughs> you know that's good. Yes. No. When I worked at um, Ole Miss one year, I worked underneath um, a video guy that came from LSU that was there when Saban was at LSU. And so he knew Miss Terry. So he would tell um, stories all the time um, about the Sabins and that's going on. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that is, that's good. Um, please tell me Ed Orgeron didn't make all the uh, all the all the wives rip their shirts off too. Like, <laughs> hope that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> there's there's no way he didn't try. That's right. probably true. Yeah. That's probably why he got fired at LSU. Yeah, um, problem. So. So uh, the the chat is uh, the chat is alive and well. I saw a comment from John Davis saying the Kobe Dean is a beast. That's a, no, you, you have very good taste, my man. Um, lots of Alabama love. Go dogs! Roll Tide from 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 Cindy. That is my mom, by the way. So she's watching the night. Hey. All right. She, okay. Her 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 fiance is a huge Georgia fan, and okay. 
course, she she says she's an Alabama fan, but she's really not. She's a Georgia fan now. But anyway, she she is she's been converted. Yeah, um, and, and just so everybody can understand, in this game, I am rooting for Georgia, but I'm rooting for Georgia because I do not want to play Oklahoma State again in a bowl game. <laughs> that is the, <laughs> that well, is the only reason. State. No, State it, wins and they're in. Yeah, but I, not if Alabama wins too. I think they're still in. You, but, no, I think you they're think they're going to get in over Cincinnati. Cincinnati is in. I think if they the committee lose. will bump Cincinnati. I think no, they, I think the committee no. will be crazy enough to bump Cincinnati. No, no this is 2014 think, all yeah. over again when TCU and Baylor was number five yes. and number six. Yeah, but I do think Houston will give Cincinnati trouble this week. Yeah, so it could it could happen. That's why I picked it on the money line because I don't trust that yeah. ten point spread. No. Um, but yeah, so Facebook user uh, saying for Alabama they had to come out and punch Georgia in the mouth. That's true for Georgia. They had to come out. Yeah. Whichever team comes out and punches the other one in the mouth first will get the upper hand. But it will be a sixty minute <clears throat> slugfest war where they're just trading punches and whoever's left standing. It's gonna Insert be the, it's gonna be like here. a haggler. Yeah. It's gonna be like a haggler Hearns boxing match. But wow, you know, you just went mid eighties boxing match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marvelous see, see you Marvin Hagler. Figure that Handler. one. Hagler. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Yeah. See, see if you guys on the chat know what that one is. You can pick <laughs> up that reference. Here, here's you know, uh, Stephen said that he's got his reasons why he wants Georgia to win, and, and of course, I'm going to be a homer. I want Alabama to win, of course, but the reason I want Alabama to win is because it allows Alabama to get in. Georgia's still going to be in regardless. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to beat both of their opponents and win the, and go in the national championship game. And you know how the media hates SEC, so there's another big, big double, you know, big double bird to the, to all the media pundits who hate the SEC if that happens again. That would be the silver lining, but obviously, mm-hmm. I want the damn hardware and I want that Alabama monkey mm-hmm. off our backs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, um, they basically agreed in principle today to expand the playoffs to 12 teams. There's a sticking point they still want to negotiate. There are certain conferences that are demanding automatic bids for their winners. I bet you can't guess who those conferences are. They're not G5 conferences. They're P5 conferences. The Big Sky? Um, Yeah. The SEC is like, (laughs) no, just take the best 12. If there's six of us, so be it. You know, right? That's and, how it ought to be. Yeah, and so the, the Big the Ten, Pac-12, Pac-12 is like, ACC. we want to be in it. Yeah, it, it, because that this is the dirty little secret. If Michigan loses to Iowa, the Alliance has no teams in the playoff. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and and that was a nice All American Rejects punt uh, reference right there too. Dirty little <laughs> secret. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep you my dirty little secret. Yep. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm bringing the heat with the references tonight. You're hip. Um, You've been hip tonight. <laughs> exactly. One more I'm word and you'll be just another about. regret. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> my dirty little secret. <laughs> Habit of choking yeah. in big games. They ain't choked yet this year. No. Um, so that, let's see. This well, is they the most mature Georgia they, team yeah. I've ever seen. They have not had a big game this year. Listen, Steve, they've had opportunities to choke. That, they would yeah. have choked us that first game. Yes, I mean, they it, would have. Yeah. The only points tennis, uh, Clemson got was off of like three pass interference calls on one drive. Yeah. And, and let's, let's be honest. I mean, you know, 
Arkansas came in top 10 ranked at the time. I mean, you can't overlook that. Yeah, but I mean, are they really had top 10 team? You could see you the know, piss running down their leg. Well, I, you know that. You know that doesn't. Jefferson I mean, only threw like, like, times. Yeah, it was like three three false start penalties to start the game. I mean, it was a yeah. disaster. I mean, yeah. I mean, Georgia yeah. won that game before they ever kicked it off. Yeah, they did. They they they, they did. Um, but the, uh, they, they haven't seen there. they haven't seen anything anywhere close to what they're so going to see for Saturday. Right. That's my point. No. no. Okay. Well, yeah. Just say that. Yeah. Alabama's <laughs> not going to fold. They're going to win it because yeah. they don't know any different. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Yeah, and Georgia's going that, to go into my, the game. They think they're going to win it because they earned through it. The fourth quarter in this game. Watch this. And lo and behold, I mean it. It, it that it, it. They tested me a few times, but they, they Mike, won it. Mike Bobo got fired for calling a toss sweep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, and if, that is if, the if. truth. He just so. falls over. Yeah, that, that's karma for the kick six. There's also um, a little bit of a horse collar there, but they use yeah. that to drag him out of bounds. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and all that he could do there, exactly what he was taught. The the recognition of what's going on in the game, it was top notch. It's what you would expect from Nick Saban team. They should Pulling not. I mean, uh, Mike Bobo like should second, not got around the end and turn it upfield. He should have been working to the middle of the field. And as soon as he felt pressure of a defender, he should have just went down. Mm. Yeah, he should have just went. He's got to have some awareness, but again, it ultimately falls on 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 the coach and got to put him in a better situation than that. So, um, but we got some extra time, so let, let's talk some uh, let's talk some other title games. What uh, Baylor? I, I, when I was watching that Bedlam game, I was trying to figure out a. I know I was trying to figure out, hey, can I figure out that Lincoln Riley is going to go somewhere because he's not really in this game? Uh, and and B, uh, Oklahoma. He is a dude. And Oklahoma State, their defense, anybody that runs high tempo against that team is going to have success against Oklahoma State's defense um, yeah. because they are so complex. Yeah, That's that, knows a thing or two about that. Yeah. yeah. And, and Oklahoma had to go slow because of Caleb Williams because he's a true freshman. They're, they were only going to speed up next year and the year after that. But oh yeah, the Jim Knowles defense and defensive line, that's all good. I'll slow down in the last year or two. It gives them a little bit of room to grow within the conference. So Oklahoma State is becoming a dominant figure. And, um, I think Oklahoma, just they just, again, what's the word I've used for them? Soft. They had, they had an opportunity – to bury Oklahoma State. And that's a rivalry game. Usually Oklahoma can't wait to bury Oklahoma State. Right. They, they do bury Oklahoma State. Like, and they did. And they allowed him back in the game. And Oklahoma State said, okay, I will oblige. And then Oklahoma State. The quarter, whenever Oklahoma State is like, holy crap, we're better than they are. I mean, you could actually see that realization, and from then on, Oklahoma could do nothing, and Oklahoma State could do whatever. In this in this matchup, um, they they've had so many years where they were really good and right there with Oklahoma as being the best team in the Big Twelve, and then and then in typical Okie State fashion, they would just kind of. It was good to see, and I'm glad we get to see two completely different teams in the Big Twelve title game. This is going to be a fun one. Dave Aranda has really point favorites, maybe. 
<clears throat> with with Bet Online, I'm going to look that up here as as I as I ramble on. But uh, and I think Jerry Bohan. Oddly, I'm rooting for Baylor. Did, did Oklahoma State beat Baylor? I mean, they're not a slouch either, though. They're you know, like you said, David Aranda's got that team rolling right now. So they just play. They're not overly talented. I mean, Bohannon mm-hmm. is really good. They don't beat themselves, which is really really good, and that, right. that's going to help them a lot. You, you know what Dave Aranda reminds me of? It's like when you watch they Baylor. They're yeah, young, they're raw, there's mistakes that are made every now and then, but they play clean, they know exactly what they are, they execute it. V- they're just a man-child. We haven't hit Saban at LSU 2003 time, but, yeah, I mean, it comes to calling a game. Yeah, and, and, the, and the players know that, and mm-hmm. they see that, and they respect that, and they play hard for them, and that's why they play hard for their places, too. And he signed that big extension, so he knows they're he know they know that he's committed to them, and, and they respect the hell. But you won't play for if you're a college kid, you know. And and Baylor is looking at you. Yes, 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 yes. Um, another team I'm ex- uh, into our picks segment. Okay, picks. I'm just, I'm just picks. picks picks. We're going to end with the SEC championship. So hold is Western Kentucky versus the Roadrunners of uh, UT Maybe. San Antonio. Mimi, Western is actually three-point favorite runners. Um, Bailey Zapp, the quarterback from Western Kentucky, needs nine touchdowns over the Conf- Joe Burrow's record. Um, I I kind of like Western in this game. Um, North Texas just beat UTSA down. North Texas just was on fire, and they were at home. Yeah, but I'm going to take Western Kentucky because, you know, until – UTSA has to prove to me that they've stopped the bleeding for me to believe that has happened. Yep. That's, I mean, that's not a bad pick. I'm, I'm just going to take the Roadrunners. They've shown it more over the course of the season. All right. Utah and Oregon rematch uh, from a few weeks ago in the Pac 12 title game. Uh, Utah's three point favorites in the way they beat down Oregon uh, a few weeks ago leads me to believe that they have the ability to do it again. But Oregon is also well coached, so maybe yep. it won't happen again. But that's not going to stop me from taking the Utes. Yeah, I'm going to take the Utes as well. I just they've already got the win against Oregon, and and they've already matched up with them, and they dominated that game. And I think they're going to come out and do the same as that game plan. And I did, you know, and and may make adjustments at halftime. I just don't know if Oregon can can keep up with them. Yeah, I, I'm going with Utah as well. It's going to be a Utah, um, Ohio State Rose Bowl. So the Utes are going to play the game. That would be a good game. That would be a good game. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Um, the game we were just talking about, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. I was correct. They are five and a half point favorites. The over under is set at 46 and a half, which I feel like is pretty low for this. That's very low. Um, so you might want to take the over for some easy money there, but I'm going to ultimately, I'm rooting for Baylor, but I'm ultimately, I'm ultimately going to go with the Cowboys here. Um, I would actually take this in the money line because I think, I, I don't know. I don't know that they can quite cover the five and a half, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys here. Yeah. I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. They're, they're playing really, really good right now. Um, you know, they're, they're a stout opponent in the Big 12, you know. So, um, they're, uh, you know, they've already got the win against Baylor. So, give me the Cowboys. How about yeah. them Cowboys? Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys as well just to get them out of the Sugar Bowl and any chance <laughs> that Ole Miss can play them. <laughs> there you go. 
So, so if 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 Alabama loses, we'll have potentially Alabama versus Oklahoma State in the Sugar. That would be we, a we, great matchup. Yeah, it could be a great matchup. And I think uh, I think the bowl selection committee is also trying to get an Ole Miss versus Notre Dame matchup in the Fiesta Bowl. That would be amazing. That, one too. that would be that would be fun. Uh, Utah State, San Diego State for the Mountain West Championship. I like San Diego State here. I think they're rolling. They're six point favorites. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about either team, but but I have watched a little bit of San Diego State this year when they was on late you know, on Saturday nights. So I watched a little bit of the games. They're, they're pretty good, so I'm going to take them. The fighting Brady hoax going with San Diego State. That mm-hmm. boy. Yep. Uh, clean sweep there. All right, Fun Belt uh, Championship, Appy State, three-point favorites over uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Even Bet Online doesn't acknowledge them as University of Louisiana. Um, so – I, I like Appy State here. Yeah, you know, I, is is uh, Napier going to coach the game? I don't. Uh, I hadn't heard probably, if he was or not. Probably, probably. Napier's coaching the game. Yeah, that was the requirement okay. for him taking the Florida job. Was him okay. not going to Gainesville until after this game? Uh, I'm going. I'm going to pick uh, Louisiana Lafayette. You know, send him out on, on a high note, and the kids love him down there, and. uh and and I seen something today saying that um, that they were really happy that he took that job because he's just a great guy. So I think they're going to send him off uh, with a with a W in a conference championship. All righty, yeah, and I'm I'm going to go with Louisiana and Lafayette as well. I, I saw them play Appy State earlier this year, and it was easy for Louisiana and Lafayette, hard for Appy State, and I don't see how that's going to change in this championship game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who knows? Um, looking at the American Conference, uh, Houston taking on Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is 10-point favorites. Mm. I'm all over this money line, but I think Cincinnati, they, they, I, think they'll, I think they'll cover. They'll make me sweat for a little while, but they'll cover. I don't know. I, I think Houston is good enough to, to give them a run for their money. And, and I can see, you know – Cincinnati could probably win by a touchdown, but I, I think Houston is going to win and keep it close. Yeah, I think the first game of the season, they dropped it to Texas Tech. And mm-hmm. after that, they've run off 11 straight wins. And then you get Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a very good football game. It's going mm-hmm. to be like the fighting Clayton Toons out there slinging the ball around and some of that Dana Holgerson like faux air raid that he runs like he does a lot of under center stuff now and kind of changed his game after going to West Virginia. So it should be interesting. I'm going to take Houston to cover the 10-point mm-hmm. spread. When is that game? What what time is that game? That Same game time as yours, I believe. Three- ah, that gummit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that game, but I'll have to have my eyes glued on the Alabama and speaking, <laughs> and speaking of our game, We'll come back to that. Right. Uh, who's who's going to win the Dr. Pepper shootout? That's that's the main thing I want to bet. No. Um, <laughs> ACC championship. Wake Forest, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh three-point favorites Ooh. in this one. Uh, this one's a tough one to pick. I like Wake Forest. I think they're going to keep it tight uh, because I think they can score. And obviously, Kenny Pickett um, was in the Heisman race for a little while. I think he can put up some numbers, too. Wake Forest can't stop a nosebleed. Um, so I think this game will be up in the high 40s, which usually lends it. Wake Forest is usually within three points of their opponent uh, most of the time. So I think they at least cover, if not win outright. Yeah, I'm going Wake Forest as well. 
Uh, I've seen enough of Pittsburgh against uh, Tennessee to, uh, to to pit Wake Forest. <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Pittsburgh in this game. Um, Clemson, Dan Marino coming back or what? Um, <laughs> um, basically, the Lions Wake Forest struggled and they gave up 56 points to Army. So defensively, I mean, this could be a game that Pittsburgh just goes up and down the field. There's a they get a couple of stops on Sam Hartman. Maybe Wake Forest turns over the ball. They win it by 14 points. Okay, I feel you on that. That could definitely mm-hmm. happen. Um, Iowa, Michigan. Uh, I feel like this spreads a. I don't know. Maybe it's not too big. Uh, Michigan is eleven point favorites in the Big Ten Championship, uh, coming at you from Indianapolis. It's, it's a night game. Uh, I like the Wolverines. Iowa can't do anything offensively. Yeah, I'm picking the Wolverines as well. I cannot stand Jim Harbaugh, but Iowa has zero offensive scheme right now. They can't. They can't move the ball to save their lives and. Uh, you know, it's it could be ugly by the time this game's over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and props to Josh Gaddis for taking the basic Jim Harbaugh offense and put it in <laughs> modern formations <laughs> and um, to where it could be used. And they do tempo from time to time, but his power running did coming from different angles. And I, I kind of enjoy what that Michigan-Ohio State game. I kind of enjoyed watching that and the Michigan aspect of that offense because that was a physical domination just from they, start to finish. They showed you can be a power team from the spread. Yeah. Awesome. That was a great, that was a great statement. All right, and last and certainly most – the SEC championship. That's why we're here. We we are SEC after dark. Um, Georgia is six and a half point favorites in the Mercedes Benz Dome over the Crimson Tide, the number two ranked Crimson Tide. Um, my rule has been, well, my rule has been always pick Georgia no matter what, and always pick Bama no matter what. So I guess my rule is at a crossroads here. But um, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, I'm gonna have to go with the home team here uh, for me, the team that's gonna be wearing red. Um, that is the George Bulldogs. I think they cover. Uh, if they win, I think they cover. I think this is the only way they can win if uh, if, if they if they can somehow push push about a ten point lead and, and just kind of keep it there. Uh, I, I think that's I think that's going to be kind of what I, I can see that very easily happening because Bama is going to get one dimensional in a hurry, and that's how I see it playing out. This is a uh, going to be a slugfest. I mean, it's going to be that right there the whole game. And, uh, you know, Alabama's going to have to play out of their minds offensively. I mean, we're going to have to 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 get creative, and we have not been creative at all on offense this year. No, and, uh, not a chance. You know, so I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a defensive battle. Um, and, you know, it, it, like you said, Corey, if, if either team, I think, gets a 10-point lead, it's over for, for whoever's behind. So uh, it, it's going to be going to be a slugfest. Um, I do think Alabama is good enough to to cover, but I, you know Georgia can win by by field goal, or Alabama can win by field goal. But you know I got to I got to take Alabama just because I'm I'm the Alabama guy here. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of have to. Yeah, yeah. When you look at this game, if Georgia scores seventeen to twenty points, it's it's pretty much over. The key to this game will be Alabama's defense going against Georgia's offense. I mean, that's the whole key. 
Um, Bryce Young, they're, everything, they're going to work offensively. They're going to do the best they can. But Georgia is just an elite defensive team. This is a game that I see 24 to 14, 21 to 10, somewhere in that range. And I'm going to take Georgia to win the game. And teach Jameson Williams how to how not to launch himself. Yeah, I bet he's not covering punts um, this week. No. Probably not. Um, no, he, I wouldn't prob- have him out there. He probably got fired because he targeted. Um it wasn't even close. Like he he launched it, but I was like, "Yeah, that's targeting." <laughs> he he screwed. <laughs> he yeah, and, and if Jamison Williams plays in the game, like if that targeting doesn't happen, Alabama probably wins that game by three touchdowns. In the second half, it just breaks open, and mm-hmm. they win that game relatively easy. But they were so reliant on Jamison Williams and Bryce Young right there, and both of their options weren't there. All of a sudden, they were in trouble. I was telling people all the time that um, Bryce Young means more to his Alabama team than Matt Corral means to the Ole Miss team, and that's that's been proven this year. You know, mm-hmm. Bryce Young is that offense along with Jamison Williams and John Mechie. But going, you know, real quick about the about the Iron Bowl game, uh, they had uh, I think his name is McCreary for for Auburn. They had him covering Jameson Williams and he did he did great early on. Jameson got got, you know, the target appeal and he got got you know out of the game for the rest of the game. Then they moved him over to John Mechie. John Mechie struggled, you know, against McCreary because he was just locking him down. He finally found some holes in, in the second half and got his his you know stats up like he normally does over hundred yards. But you know it you Alabama's got to have both of those guys on the field. To, to have any kind of shot. And so do not do any kind of stupid targeting penalty, James, Jameson, and, uh, you know, just, just, just go out there and ball out, but we got to have you. Yeah. That's, that's a key. That's a big key. And, uh, George Pickens is back. We'll see how, uh, how much in yeah. the game plan. That, that's uh, exciting. That's very exciting. So we'll see how he factors in there, but that's going to do it for us here on SEC after dark. We, uh, however, you found us. Looks like a lot more of you did. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for finding us. You can find the audio version uh, on uh, on my Believe channel, uh, Beast of the East. I will uh, I will I will put this on that uh, on that audio feed as well, so that you have it in podcast form. Um, if you if you can't replay it on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever we are echoing and, and streaming. Uh, so we thank you for for checking us out. If you want to be a sponsor, if you want to partner with our show, feel free to give us a shout at YCN underscore SEC. Um, and then the rest of our stuff is right here down below. Um, so like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitch. We're, we are on Twitch. Uh, and follow us on uh, Instagram as well. Or you can follow my shows on Instagram at least. But um we are going to uh, we're going to come back at you next week. Uh, Jake and I will be a little bit different of a format. Uh, Steve will be in Disney World. He'll have his Mickey ears on, so we're gonna, we're gonna, we're going to have a little bit different feel to it. But I think you'll still see Jake and I, uh, and maybe even Jeb if he's still available. Um, no, Jeb uh, will be with me. He we will not be there either. No, what you what you need to do is you just need to uh, patch in from uh, Space Mountain. Yeah. While, while you're waiting in the six hour line. Mm-hmm. But you probably got the pass though, so you don't have to wait in those lines. But <laughs> yeah. while you're on the ride, you need to tap in t- and then be live on the show from the ride. I think that would be epic. Just don't drop your phone. <laughs> yeah, just don't do that. Yeah. Hey, y'all do that. Send me the link. I'll absolutely go live from the park if I'm in there. 
You know I'm gonna send. You know I'm gonna put mm. the link in the tw- in the Twitter feed. You you already know. Um, so we'll but, hold uh, it down, Corey. <laughs> yeah, we'll hold it down. Yeah, we 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 got you. We got you. Yeah, Jake Jake and I can. Uh, Jake and I when the when the mouse is when the cat's away the whatever the that saying will, is. Um, the cat's away, the mouse will play. There you go. <laughs> whatever that saying is. Um, so we're that that's the programming note for uh for next week. Um, but uh tomorrow night, uh it. Jake and Stacy are probably going to be joining us on uh, Believe in Georgia Dogs to talk further to break this game down a little bit further. Uh, that will that will actually be live to tape and air on Friday morning, so you can check that out. We're going to do a re-air Friday morning of Beast of the East uh, for those of you that may have missed it on Monday night. But we, but if you haven't caught on, we are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we, we are really everywhere. Are. So uh, you can find us, and you can find me, and and uh, just about anywhere the, these days. So. Um, but that, like I said, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we are the SEC After Dark podcast for Jake Thomas, for Stephen Willis. I am Corey Burton. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, peace. Roll Tide. Go dogs. Hotty toddy. <laughs> Gosh, Ramadi. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.